get to the money. Welcome to another episode of Drinking After Dark, a podcast where we discuss random topics while having a few drinks. I'm your host, Darius, and it's always drink responsibly. And y'all make sure y'all follow Drinking After Dark podcast on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And y'all make sure y'all like and subscribe to Drinking After Dark podcast YouTube channel. Tonight, I have a very special guest with me. She's a wife, mother, veteran, and she's running for Tennessee House of Representatives District 68. Welcome to the podcast, Miss Monica Meeks. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, Darius. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Nah, thank you for reaching out to me because, you know, I was, uh, I've been recording the last couple of episodes by myself and you reached out to me. I was at work. And I was like, oh, wow, let's do it. I always like having guests on regardless what they do or whatever. Just to have somebody else on with me is always going to be fun. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I follow uh, Drinking After Dark. I do have me some H2O since it's Monday night. <laughs> well, me, I'm actually drinking on some. It's What's this called? Uh, Dr. McGillicuddy's Honey Whiskey. Oh, wow. Yeah, I usually drink a Crown World Vanilla mixed with Dr. Pepper cream soda. That's like my go-to drink. But I've had... Um, this stuff since Easter, we did a uh, like an Easter egg hunt back okay. then, and they had these little you no know, bottles and everything like that, you know, as a bag. So I was like, oh, I didn't know what it was at first. I was just running to picking up stuff, and I opened it up. I was like, okay. Then I was trying to pass them on. Nobody else didn't want them, so I just kept. Them. So this is now I'm finally getting rid of it. So now it's gone. Okay, it's over with. Hey, I'm a fan of putting the, the alcohol in the swag bags. I did that for my family reunion in North Carolina. I took some Tennessee moonshine, different flavors. Wow. And they loved it. it they loved it. And one of my cousins, she was taking all the, the those that don't drink. She was like, oh, go ahead and give me that. That's in your swag bag. So she collected a whole bunch of Tennessee moonshine for our family reunion. So those are great gifts. Definitely. Have you ever tried the old Smokey uh, moonshine? I haven't. It is actually good. Um, it's, they have different flavors, of course. Um, they also have a store in Gallenberg, right there on the strip. So it's actually a good product. Actually, me and my coworker actually talked about that the other day. And I told him, I said, hey, you could go down there to Gallenberg and you can actually try the different flavors. Uh, back then when I went, it was about $5 to try all the different flavors. And it's actually pretty good. And of I'm course, you know. Try that. And definitely, you know, those are always great gifts, you know, for birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas. You know, like, I don't know what you really want, but I know you probably will, you know, drink this. So here you go. 
I'm trying, I think black cherry was the favorite a flavor that I got. I went to the classics on base, so they really appreciated the different flavors, trying the different flavors. But I think black cherry was a, the favorite one of everybody. I thought it was going to be apple pie, but they said black cherry was pretty good. I didn't know they had uh, black cherry. They have all kind of, they had white lightning. I got every different flavor that they had. Yeah, they have all kind of different flavors. I'm going to have to look this up after we get out of here because this, I never heard of white lightning. <laughs> I know they made. I know they made cherry. I know they made black cherry. So I'm gonna have to uh, look that up once we uh, done with this, because now I'm interested. Because I'm trying to uh, try new things on the platform and stuff like that. So not just drinking the same old, same old. Just something different, you know. And then whatever I like, I'll just keep it. I'll just pass it along to somebody else who might like it. So and sharing is caring, right? <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, Miss Monica, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, let the people know, know what you're about and what you have coming up. Okay, well, again, Darius, wanted to thank you for giving me this opportunity. I've been very intentional about who I do interviews with. This is my second interview as a political candidate. My name is Monica Meeks. I'm running for Tennessee House of Representatives District 68. I'm running against an 18-year incumbent. I'm running because I was looking around, trying to find somebody else to run and no one else would run. I was tired of seeing more of the same. So I said, hey, let me go ahead and give it a college go and run against this 18-year incumbent. Of course, I tried to work with the Veteran Caucus and they ignored me. I tried to work with the incumbent, no need in saying his name, and he did not want to work with me. As a matter of fact, when I reached out to the Veteran Caucus, because I am a veteran, wife and a mother too, when I reached out to uh, the Veteran Caucus, I was told by a representative to focus on the bingo bill, which I'm a fan of bingo too, and we have a nonprofit organization. So of course we could benefit from a um, bingo bill, but I knew the bingo bill was gonna pass. So I was fighting for medical cannabis because 39 states have medical cannabis. We've been asking for since 2018, the bill has already been written. It was written so well that it went to Alabama and they have medical cannabis now based off of a bill that was written by a Tennessee legislator. So I just didn't think that was right. And I think there are a lot of conflicts of interest as to why we are one of the 11 states that does not have medical cannabis. So I said, instead of complaining about it, instead of being frustrated about it, let me run for office. So even if you don't wanna vote for me, you can ask the incumbent why we don't have medical cannabis in the state of Tennessee, a Tennessee that claims we love our veterans. We call this the volunteer state. And not only will veterans benefit from medical cannabis, but there are other differently able people that will also benefit from medical cannabis. So that's the main reason I decided to run. That was number one on my platform. And of course, number two was expanding Medicaid. I looked at the budget for the state of Tennessee. $42 billion is the state budget. We give $8 million for tourism initiatives and only two million to the underinsured. This is one of the states that I feel they like to punish people because they happen to be poor. So the money is already there. I had a question um, last podcast as to well, where's all this money gonna come from? This is federal funds, it's already there. Tennessee legislators love to brag about the surplus they have while people are struggling and suffering. So we need to expand Medicaid now. The last reason that I'm running is because of rights of parents. You look at the curriculum, there's not a lot of input that's decided by the Tennessee Department um, of Education, which is a state agency, not our school board, not parents of Montgomery County, but 
we need to be more involved as parents with what goes on with the school curriculum. So that's why I decided to run for office, medical cannabis, expand Medicaid, and then of course the rights of parents. Definitely. And before we get uh, right into it, again, I got to give a huge shout out to my sponsor, Joe Shakinab and Shakinab.com. Go visit Shakinab.com for services, monthly updates, and contact information. Once again, visit Shakinab.com, promoting leadership and scholarship. Now, uh, the first issue that you uh, brought up was uh, medical cannabis. And um, I always ask, why is it not legal in the state of Tennessee? Why do you think it's not legal yet in the state of Tennessee? I think we need to follow the money and look at some of the conflicts of interest that we have with state legislators that are in bed with big pharma. So they know that they will lose money because medical cannabis has proven to help with a lot of ailments, multiple sclerosis, uh, PTS. So we know the factors already because and how beneficial it is because other states have it. All the states surrounding Tennessee have medical cannabis. So I think, you know, it's more of a, it's about capitalism. It's about greed and them not wanting us to have, there's no reason why we should not have medical cannabis. We have a farmers coalition and veterans. Some of the farmers are veterans and we still don't have medical cannabis. They're ready with hemp farms. They just need the, the go ahead to make this happen and make everybody's life. It'll improve everybody's livelihood. So other than follow the money, there's no logical reason as to why we don't have medical cannabis. You have some that will argue that it's the gateway drug. It is not the gateway drug. <laughs> medical cannabis is a, it's, it's a plant. So people that won't help, uh, won't alternatives, like we say in, um, for veteran affairs, we say that PTSD stands for please take some drugs. And veterans are saying, please try something different. My One of my friends, Jenny out of New York, she says that that's what they say in there. They have medical cannabis and it's regulated. So it's not like you're just going to have underage people trying medical cannabis without a doctor's prescription. You have to have a doctor's prescription for medical cannabis. So common sense would tell you we should have it. So other than them not wanting to uh, open the doors for regular everyday people, to experience financial gains because of medical cannabis, there is no reason why we shouldn't have it in the state of Tennessee at all. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Uh, you know, we've heard that argument for a long time, how cannabis, you know, is like the gateway drug. It's really never been that way, to be honest, you know, because, you know, it's, I don't get people. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't get it. Like you said, it's it's money involved. We always know when it comes to politics, you got to follow the money. You know, where is it going? Who's it going to benefit? Uh, things like that. And this issue, I felt like, you know, it should have been passed a long time ago. I mean, because you can regulate it, like you said. So why are you not doing it? Is it what? Why? What's the reasoning behind it? And I don't know if you heard any answers from anybody else or I just I'm not understanding this at this part I'm that's one thing I could say I'm not and I don't, I don't smoke cannabis I don't well I don't smoke weed I'm just gonna keep it black I don't smoke weed uh, <laughs> but you know a lot of people do and you it's the same argument that you're giving right it's not you know a lot of people need it for medical purposes you know you heard it all the way out there in California. And like you said, Alabama, they pretty much 
took theirs into effect after it was written here in Tennessee. So I'm not understanding like the mindset of, you know, the whole state of Tennessee and why this is not in play. It Can makes get- no sense, Darius. It's there 80% of Tennesseans support medical cannabis. So it, it comes down to legislators not listening or honoring the will of their own constituents. Because if you have 80% that support it, it makes no sense. And they said they want to put it on the bill uh, on the ballot um, November of next year, which is, again, just kicking the can down the road. There's no reason why we shouldn't have medical cannabis in the state of Tennessee. None could it be? Could it be like a, a age thing, like a generational thing, how they still have that mindset that it's still a gateway drug? And, or could it be... Um, a political uh, thing or fin- like you already brought up the financial aspect of it. Could it be like that too? That could you know, factor into why this is not going into effect. Like their well, uh, uh, personal beliefs of it. Personal beliefs. And also we, we cannot ignore that black Americans are six times more likely to be stopped for marijuana, not just the cannabis, but just marijuana than our counterparts. So there's some racial biases that are tied to why we can't have medical cannabis in the state of Tennessee. And there's a lot of nuances that people don't want to to say the real reason we have incarcerated people and we have uh, people that are making money off of private prisons. So if you make get where medical cannabis is legal and then the legalization of marijuana, then there are a lot of people that are incarcerated that you might have to let out of prison. So that it's a big, big picture. We like to call it, you know, hey, I don't, I don't want to say that it's a racial thing, but it's definitely there's some racial elements to why we can't have medical cannabis. Definitely, definitely. And look, I again, I don't understand it. It's like it's just common sense. It's I don't know, I don't know how you feel about it, but when it comes to politics, I feel like common sense just goes out the window you know I just feel that way because sometimes you just sit back and I'm a quiet person by trait which is kind of odd because I have a podcast but I'm a quiet (laughs) I'm a quiet person by trait and I just sit back I just observe everything around me and I'm saying to myself where did common sense go what what took it and I'm not talking just in politics I'm also talking about just in society as a whole like where did it go and I just wish we could get that back. Somebody will just right. step up, you know, and unfortunately you got people, if it's, I also see it too. If you're not, if you didn't come up with the bill yourself or anything like that, they're going to turn it down, even though they know it's the right thing to do, but because, you know, them or their party didn't come up with it, they're not going to support it either which way, you know, I just feel like, Hey man, just put, well, this dude was good for the people. Right. Ain't about this is your... the crazy thing, Darius. It was actually a Republican senator, and I won't say her name, that created the bill. We took a picture with her in, in 2018, and she realizes that that's one to make medical cannabis legal would help alleviate some of the addiction to opioids. So this wasn't this bill was not created by a Democrat. It was created by a Republican. So it makes zero sense. We went down there to, to support. They did not have a reading on the bill. And then uh, some other uh, friends of ours from veteran services organizations went down there and they said, 
um, somebody in her office passed with COVID and she's going to table the bill into 2023. Again, just kicking the can down the road. There's no yes. reason why we should not have it. <laughs> I, I agree, which I mean, we already got like a lot of CBD shops around here. You know, I got a, um, I know a few people who own their own CBD shops. So it's like, come on now. It, we already got that. Let's just go ahead and make it all, you know, just make it happen. Right. I mean, what do you got to lose? That That's you agree a good with? question. <laughs> what do you got to lose? <laughs> what do we have to lose? When I started out, I did a, a few uh, interviews with uh, people uh, that uh, I went to Emporium, upsta Upstairs Emporium, and some other places, Emerald City, and talked to those ladies. These are subject matter experts, and they were just talking about the benefits of uh, cannabis and you know, it's, it's just really ridiculous if you think about it. And common sense has been thrown out of the window. We are not honoring the will of the people. And we're talking 18 and over that, that want this. You know, it's a parent's choice whether they give it to their child or not. But I'm talking, you know, adult aged people that want medical cannabis and we can't even get a common sense bill. So just for those that don't know how, it's, you have to have uh, someone to sponsor the bill in the state Senate. And you also have to have someone to sponsor the bill in the House of Representatives. So we do have a state senator who has gone on record to say that he supports medical cannabis. So hopefully in January, if I get in office and we can partner with that state senator who said it in from a room full of veterans that he supports medical cannabis and we take all the excuses away and just give us you know, medical cannabis. All the research has already been done. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here there's 39 other states that already have it. So, you know, get on board, right. Tennessee, basically. <laughs> right, definitely. Like you said, I heard the benefits as well. I had the um, owner of Hempspired on the platform a few months ago, and he told me um, why he started Hempspired and the whole benefits of um, CBD and all that stuff. So I'm on board with you. Like, I, let's get it right. Let's stop, let's stop we need playing. to galvanize the vote, Darius. Get people to vote. And, or at least at a minimum, ask their those that are running for office where they stand on medical cannabis and why Tennessee doesn't have it. Definitely. And uh, for those who don't know, uh, when does early voting start and when is the actual election? Okay, the actual election is November 8th. I will be running as an independent. And let me pull up um, when early voting is. I don't want to say the wrong date. I think it's October something. I know it's October something. I usually early vote anyway because I don't like dealing That's with That's the lives. best thing to do, early vote. I well, hate I made a point this, this year because it's, I'm, I live in a county, so it's easier than it's ever been. I'm a super voter. I vote anytime I get an opportunity to vote. I was just raised to, to be that way by my grandfather. So it's so much easier for me to vote now that I normally do vote early. But this year I voted because now it's less than two miles for me. I, my voting precinct is single elementary school. So, oh, wow. so it's so close. It's like, I, I almost want to walk because I know what, you know, how challenging it was for us to even have the right to vote. So I almost want to walk to just show like our ancestors, they had fire hoses turned on them. They had dogs waiting on them. Bloody Sunday was just for the right to vote. And it's so easy for us to get in our cars, you know, drive to wherever, and we still won't vote. Uh, 
Montgomery County, I think it was 12% that turned out to vote in this last election. That's pathetic. There was like 118 votes between the incumbent DA and somebody new. So we all know 118 people that could have voted and changed the uh, results of the election. So it's, it's very, very frustrating to see people all do all these dissertations on social media. And then when you ask them, not are you a registered voter, but did you vote in the last election? It's like, oh, I was busy. I didn't have time. Why do you think why do you think people don't really vote during the midterms? I think they think a presidential election is more important than local election, even though local politicians affect our lives way more than President Joe Biden does. Um, it's just sometimes being uninformed, not knowing how powerful local elections are, city council persons, the power they have, the school board, the power they have. It's like we get so focused, we get tunnel vision on who the president is that we lose, uh, we miss the forest for looking at the trees. <laughs> like you pay attention to what's happened locally and how Clarksville has changed in the last four years. And you would know, or even the last two years, you'll see that voting is very, very important. Some of these races were decided by seven votes, 77 votes. So we gotta get people to, to get out and vote call these candidates to task. I, when I went uh, to early vote to support somebody, I didn't actually cast a ballot, but I did a live out there. And the ballot, this last election was very complicated. You had the option to either retain or replace judicial yep. appointments. And some people left out because they were just frustrated. But I literally went, I did a live to show the ballot, show who was on the ballot, who was running as independents, and people still did not vote. And then you have the candidates that were actually at Veterans Plaza. So there's nothing wrong. They're interviewing for a job. There's nothing wrong with going for somebody that's running um, for office, going up to them and saying, okay, where do you stand on this? What do you stand on this? And if it's not the right answer, and don't get so obsessed with having a Republican or a Democrat, because I told some people that, hey, there were two R and D, but what the Republican was saying line more with what my beliefs were so we get so we lose focus on party lines so you got to yep. vote for the best candidate or the candidate that best represents you it's not always a democrat just because grandma and great grandma are democrats or it's not always a republican because you know you feel a certain way about cultural wars and certain issues oh i can never vote for a democrat you have to go out there and talk to these candidates to see where they really stand on issues Yep, that's absolutely true because uh, me, myself, I'm also an independent. So um, now do I usually vote towards the Democrat more times than none? Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I still have an open mind, you know, so you got to think this person is going to represent you, whether which side they're on. So you got to be, you know, you got to look into it, you know, talk to them, get some answers. And, you know, if you don't like what they're, they're saying or whatever you ain't got to vote for them you know right. so that's the way i am and my grandfather always he always pushed us to vote now my grandfather was a uh, former state rep in the state of tennessee i mean uh missouri, oh, really? in the state of missouri oh missouri so, okay yeah he was a former state rep in the state of missouri um still you know he's a lot of contacts up there still and everything like that i've been to the functions and all that stuff 
when I was going to school in St. Louis. And, you know, he, it, the importance of, of voting, he always instilled that in us to vote, but do, just don't vote because this person represents your party. You know, anything, vote because you feel like this person is the best person for the job. That's the way Absolutely. he always broke it down to us. So, you know, gotta vote, gotta vote. If you don't vote, don't complain. That's the way I look that at part. it. That part right there, I, I see a lot of people complaining about the rezoning and the redistricting and all this. We don't have sidewalks over here and, you know, we can't go into the schools to visit. I'm like, well, did you vote? <laughs> I mean, this this is not new. And we have now, thankfully, there's more transparency than we've ever had before. Thank God for these new city council persons because they'll do newsletters, whether you're in their district or not, because I've signed up for a few of them and they break it down to, so you can really understand what's going on. Because a lot of times we get mad at city council persons and it's not in there. They don't have control over rezoning. Like that's the planning committee that has that. And we get mad at the wrong people. So you got to be an informed voter. The information is there. Thanks to COVID, we can now watch everything virtually. So you don't even have to leave the convenience of being at home. You can log on. Let me see what's going on at the county commissioner meeting. That's on YouTube. Let me see what's going on the city council person meeting. You know, they have all we have access to all, things that we've never had before, unlimited access. So there's no reason why we should be willfully ignorant with issues that are going on in this city, in this county, and in the state. Yeah, definitely. You know, social media has changed the game to where, you know, we have access to everything. Like you said, they live streaming it on Facebook on their uh, page, so you know what's going on, even though it's. It could be long, you know, stuff like that, but they do uh, discuss different issues and things like that. So, you know, if, you, if you're not at work, you know, tune in. I wouldn't say don't do it while you're at work. We don't want you to get in trouble. But, right. You know, if, you, if you have the chance to do it, just tune in just for a little bit just to get some sort of idea uh, what's being discussed. And then uh, you can always go back and rewatch it because they're going to put it back up. So, you know, just uh, take advantage of it. You know, just be informed. You know, right. that's all we're saying right now. Just be informed and, you know, and then you use your own best judgment to vote whoever you want to vote for. Right. And for the and don't I always one thing I don't like is how people get upset uh, at people for voting for the person that they didn't vote for. I mean, it's their right to vote for whoever they want to vote for. So you can't take that away from them. Right. You know, that's the way I see it. But Hey, to each his own, you know, that's your. That's something I'm working with because I, because I'm such, um, I'm really into politics. So I look at where they stand on certain issues. I, I'll see a flip flopper and I had somebody, I was like, oh, I don't, don't vote for him. And she was like, sis, I can vote for who I want. And I said, I'm so sorry. You're right. You can. But I was like, girl, don't vote for him. But it, that is your vote and you get to vote for who you want to vote for. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, before we get into the next, um, topic i just want to go back and uh get to know a little bit more about you uh where are you from originally um what brought you to clarksville and um how long you've been here and some of your um you know interests and everything like that so now where are you from originally 
So originally I was born in a very small town in North Carolina, Sampson County, Salemburg. It's the home of the North Carolina Justice Academy. Population 400 people. We don't even have a stoplight there. <laughs> we just got a Dollar General a few years ago, but that's where I'm from. And I got to Clarksville, actually Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I'm a retired service member. My husband and I, he actually came first. I was deployed in a PCS town, moved him to Fort Campbell, and then I followed him here. So he he's always said, because his best friend was stationed here, I want to retire in Fort Campbell. I want to retire in Fort Campbell. And I'm like, Kentucky? But I you know, didn't know it was so close to Tennessee. <laughs> so he came first and I followed him. And we've been here. Both of us have lived in Montgomery County longer than we've lived any other place our adult lives. Because, you know, in the military, you move every three years. So mm -hmm. we've been here almost 15 years. And we really, really love it here. It's a great military town. The people are nice. We love the culture here. We love how Clarksville is growing. So this is our home. In fact, we love it so much. My mom lived, uh, she passed in 2020, but she lived with us for 10 years. And yesterday, our in-laws, uh, my husband's parents, moved here from Cleveland, Ohio. So that's how much we love Tennessee, love Montgomery County. We have roots here and just a great place to live. And I want it to be great for everybody, not just for the Meeks household. So definitely. And um, I just want to say thank you to you and your husband for your service and for everybody who has served. Uh, my brother served in the military as well. He was uh, stationed at Fort Bragg and okay. then he got the call to come back home to Fort Campbell. And after he came back home, he said, hey, after this, I'm done. So, yeah, he was already back home, you know, all the family and friends. And I remember when he, his last day, he was so happy and excited. He already had a job waiting on him. You know, he's oh, good. So it, it's cool. It's my youngest brother, too. I was okay. like, you, you're a better man than me. <laughs> I, I went I went straight. I went straight to college. He went, Nothing wrong with that. He went to actually he went to Tennessee State first. And then the following year after his freshman year, he went into the military. Okay. okay. So yeah, so that was back in 2009. No, no, no. I'm sorry, 2010. Around 2009, 2010. Because my brothers graduated in 2008 from Rossview. Okay, so, so they, your brother's yeah. from Rossview as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're twins, fraternal twins at that. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, so we Did we join the military. No, just one. The youngest, oh, okay. uh, youngest of us went to the military. You know, so he did that. Of course, he met his wife. They got three kids, my nephews, and everything. So, you know, it turned out great for him. You know, now he's working that train. Oh, so, good. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's doing pretty good. Both of them, both of them work at Trey now. So it's uh, you know, the military is uh, you know, it's in our it's in our blood pretty much, pretty much. Uncles, cousins, um, aunties, you know, all have served. So I chose college. Probably I right. shouldn't have chose college, but I chose college. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with with college. Uh... That there's something wrong with that debt. I mean, that's what's wrong with it. I probably, I, I don't know. I, I I told people all the time, like your son, I know he's thinking about going to school. I would tell anybody, if you're going to college, enjoy the college experience. It's not just what's in the classroom because what you do in the classroom is not, is not going to dictate 
outside the classroom, what you're going to, how successful you're going to be. So what you're going to do is when you went on, when you in school, take the time, meet new people, you know, shake hands, get, you know, be a part of some organizations on campus. Cause you never know what can happen in the future. You know what I mean? So that's, I was just say, enjoy the entire college experience, you know, get your education, have fun with it. And then, you know, focus on the next steps when it's close for your time, close for you to uh, focus on the next step. So that, that'll be my uh, advice to anybody who's going to school, you know, and also to look at other, you know, options, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be college, whatever you're passionate about, some, anything that you want to do, school is school, education is education the way I see it. Right. So, you know, just, uh, and it's okay to change your mind too. Definitely. It's definitely okay. Cause you might start off something in school and then you're like, you know what? I want to change my major. And it's okay because you got time to, cause the only thing you're going to do is take your core classes first two right. years. Which is kind of funny, though, because you take your core classes the first two years before you get into your major. So really, when you're in your major, it's only two years. Right. So how, how come college is not two years? Well, follow the money on that one, too. <laughs> you I make just, more money if it's four years. Well, and I don't think we push enough the trade schools, you know, plumbers and electricians, you know, HVAC there's good money to be made and then you could work for your, you know, you can start your own company. And I don't think we push that enough. It's always go to college, go to college, go to college. Nothing wrong with taking that route if you so choose to do, but there are other options other than just college, 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 and all these student loans that you end up paying back and it takes forever. I have friends in their sixties that are still paying, you know, student loans. Uh, don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's predatory lending but that's a whole nother conversation that <laughs> sure is but you know you hear about that you hear about how many like how much debt people are in and you're like how like I, how are you in that much debt I mean I understand you want to go get your education but you know you go get your masters and everything like that and it's like you a what a hundred thousand plus in debt how are you gonna pay that back what you gonna right. do you know what i mean that's that's a house that's right a there lot. really that's a lot but you know if you get a if you have a if you're fortunate enough you know to go out there and have a great career you know you make some money then paying that back would be nothing so right but that's not everybody's story because people think they're going to get out of college because we've been told that's the only way to be successful is go to college, you know, get all these student loans and you're going to get a six figure salary. Well, you don't start off making six figures. So you get a credit card here, or there, you go buy a house, you go buy a car, you got your student loans, it's debt. Yep. Because we don't teach financial literacy enough especially in our community. It's like we, we want to have all the, the latest gadgets and name brands and in debt up to our eyeballs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We want to spend money not to look like we don't have it. So, Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that, that is very much true. That's why anytime a new phone come out, I was like, so what? Who cares? Right. My phone, my phone works perfectly fine. And then in another two years, I worry about getting another one, but right now, 
because there's no real difference. They trying to make it like, oh, this is so different from what's previously out there. It's really not. Right. You know, so don't don't pay fifteen hundred dollars for a phone unless you know that's the that's your upgrade. You know, you already right. surpassed the other phones and that's the upgrade. Cool, but you ain't gotta get a new phone every time a new phone come out because another one's gonna come out in about six seven months. I think Kanye said it best when in, in the rap um, when he says, "You spend hundred bucks on this just to say, man, you ain't up on this, and you can't even pronounce." Some of the name brands that you're you're purchasing, you just want people to say, "Oh, he has this on, he has that, or she has this on, she has six hundred dollar bags." Like, oh, okay, but she doesn't have any money. She just bounced a check, but she has a six hundred dollar bag. But that's social media that plays a big part in that too. Is the image, you know? So, Inst- no, the Instagram, uh, Facebook, you know, not so much TikTok. TikTok is more like videos and some stuff like that, funny stuff on TikTok, but really like Instagram and Facebook, that's where you see a lot of people just showing up, but they really don't have it. You know, it's all just for just image purposes only. Right. We you hear know. too much about what people think. And I've, I've even heard somebody say, well, I had to buy me a new outfit because I've already shook, I've been pictured in that outfit. And it's like, what? You can wear the same outfit twice though. <laughs> it's okay. Oh boy. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I got a wife who don't think like that. See? That's a blessing. You know, unless it's on sale. Like if she right. see a dress and it's like 40 bucks, I'm like, you better get it before somebody else do. <laughs> well, I, I love thrift shopping. So I'm I'm someone and my husband's like, well, stop telling people that because I'm like, this dress was two dollars. And he's like, you don't have to tell people that it was two dollars. I love the thrift store, city uh, trend, city uh, thrift. Like on the holidays, the whole store is 50% off. So, yep. My wife loves that too. She goes to the Goodwill at times. Yes, Goodwill has some good stuff. They sure do. Definitely. So, let's get back into it. Um, the next issue uh, Medicaid expansion. Um, I know that's one of the key points uh, for you. Um, explain a little bit more why this is like one of those big issues for you. Well, Personally, it, it's very uh, a big issue to for me because my mom, when she first moved in with us, she did not have health insurance, and she had a retirement and social security. And there was times where she would forego treatment because she was afraid that she would incur all these medical expenses, and she didn't want it to be on my husband and I. Now, eventually, when she got old enough to be on on Medicare, um, Medicaid, it helped tremendously, but. Even up to, uh, she passed November 7, 2020, but she was feeling bad and she had nurses coming in and she wanted me to drive her to the smaller gateway that's off exit 11 because she was worried about the cost of an ambulance. I mean, she, it's like, you shouldn't be, she was very sick. You should not be worried about medical bills. And it's something that's near and dear to my heart. We can do better. We should do better. My mom worked her entire life and she was worried about medical bills and leaving medical bills for my husband and I. And I also had a friend when I worked at the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, um, we had to pull credit reports. And if your credit is bad, and of course that can compromise your integrity when you're out in the field as a special agent. But thankfully our deputy said, I am not going to dismiss this young lady because she had 
bills, but they were because of medical issues that she had where she just couldn't afford to pay them. So it was medical bills. So there's so much that's affected by medical expenses. And I know we can do better and we got to stop punishing people and just, just assuming falsely, oh, these people don't want to work. That's not the case. Sometimes they have children they have to care for um, and they are not able to work. So we need to expand Medicaid. Um, the money is already there. And uh, it, it makes no sense. Again, it's about following the money. There's so many hospitals in the state of Tennessee that have closed. And we have a certain US Congressman who has all these urgent care clinics all over rural Tennessee. That should be a conflict of interest. So it also gets to me that we spend so much on tourism initiatives. I love Tennessee. I love to travel. I go to Gatlinburg. I go to Pigeon Forge. But you should not have more money set aside for tourism initiatives than you have for actual residents of the state of Tennessee. So that's why I'm so passionate about it because it affected me personally with my mom. And then just having that young lady who almost did not get a chance to be a special agent because of, because of medical expenses. So my heart, I'm passionate about it. <laughs> I know we can do better. The money is there. Yeah. No we shouldn't have it. Especially with the rate that you know we have hospitals closing, and they told me recently that Gateway, well, it's not Gateway anymore. It's Tenova, that that's not even a hospital. And I'm like, what wait, is, what? What is it? They now? said it's not a hospital. So what's it classified as? That's a good question. There will always be a hospital. See, here's the thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember when the hospital was out there on Memorial Drive, mm -hmm. okay, out there on the corner of Memorial Drive and Madison Street. It was called Memorial Hospital, mm -hmm. okay? Then when they moved, I'm actually not too far away from the hospital. I actually live um, right off of Warfield. Okay. Rossby Ro Road and like Warfield in that area. And... When they moved it out there, I was like, oh, this is a good idea. Because now it's kind of like in the center, every, you know, when you bring transporting people to the hospital, you know, then I have to go all the way across town to get to the hospital. And it's also close by me. So I'm happy about that. But, you know, the name changed from Memorial to Gateway now to Nova. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. It's not classified as a hospital. So I'm trying to think, was this a clinic or is this... What is this? No, uh, I don't know. Somebody, we need to get somebody to explain that to me. Right. It's, it's, they said it's not, a, I heard this in the barbershop and I was like, I was upset. I was like, that's not true. It is a hospital. The hospital is not in the, in the title, like St. Thomas Hospital, you know, Centennial Hospital. These are hospitals in Davidson County that my husband and I have, have gone to, but to Nova, so what help about, us out if you know the answer. <laughs> what about Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt Hospital, yes. Because remember, it's a children's hospital, too. It's a part of yeah. Vanderbilt. Is that why we keep sending people to Nashville? Because it's we not really a, a hospital? We medevac a lot of people over to Nashville. Yeah, because I know my mom, she got sent to Nashville a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I think she actually prefers it, to be honest with you. 
I think she goes, uh, she'd been to St. Thomas. St. Thomas is good. I think it was them. And either way, she preferred to go there because I think she appreciates the staff more up there than, you know, here. But that just blew my mind away that you just said, so we don't have a hospital. With 155,000 people. What changed? Because it was a hospital at first. Maybe a different administration. I'm not sure. Now, I will say my mom had received excellent care to Nova. She was just concerned with the medical bills. But every time she had to go into the hospital, it was always top-notch care. Um, well, to Tanova. <laughs> it was always top-notch care. She was just concerned with, with the bills um, associated with her care. And that's another thing, too. Like, you no know, medical bills is... I, you kind of understand why people don't want to go to the doctor, you know, because they, they're afraid of that bill coming their way. It's right. like, how am I going to pay this? You know, and you start hearing stuff, you know, in, from other countries, how, you know, take Canada, they have universal health care in Canada and all of that. The fact that we're in this country, you know, it's, it's very, um, this country is a, it's a greedy country that we live in very capitalistic you know it's all about the money by the end of the day you know they got the lobbyists working for them to push whatever agendas that they have and all of that and yet you know like you said we're not going out there we're not voting we're not asking questions um anything like that but yet you know it's affecting us you know it's it's our health that's the number one concern you should have in your life is your health you know, Health as well, man. <laughs> definitely. And, you know, unfortunately for me, I haven't been into the hospital not so many times. I think the last time uh, outside of my wife giving birth, but the last time I was personally in the hospital was for a sprained ankle. You know, luckily I was covered. All I had to do was pay 150 bucks. But, you know, that was the last time I was actually in the hospital. Uh, I thought I broke my ankle because I thought I heard a pop, but I didn't. Thankfully, it was just a high sprain. But, you know, a lot of those people, you know, who don't go, they always say, man, I can't afford the doctor, you know. And a lot of times they work at jobs that have no benefits either. So it's uh, – we got to do something different about um, our healthcare system here. Absolutely. You think that's- and we need to ask. We need to ask why they won't expand Medicaid that money is sitting there. So ask your legislators why Tennessee refuses to expand Medicaid. Definitely, definitely. Uh, don't be, like you said, don't be afraid to ask the tough questions. If they can't answer them, then you already know where, they, know where you stand with them. You right. know, like you said, it's an interview. Essentially, that's what it is. Everybody's fighting for that job. It's an interview process. So... Don't be afraid. You have a right to ask. Yeah, I've asked some tough questions. I've gone to town halls. That's the thing, the incumbent. Um, I don't know. We've been here almost 15 years. I don't know that he's ever had a town hall. Like, which constituents, not the ones that go to the country club, nothing wrong with the country club, not the ones that go to Big Burgers, um, but what about your other constituents? Like, how are you communicating with them? I don't think he has been. But you got to ask the questions like his email is available. You can Google his email address. I 
emailed him way before thinking about running for um, this position. So you got to let the, they work for us. They, they don't realize that they think they work for lobbyists, but you know, I think yeah. there should be a time limit on when you email a legislator, they should have like 72 hours to have somebody to from their office if they're too busy to answer you, but you deserve an answer. There are a lot of constituents that feel ignored in the district of um, district 68 because they'll email and they don't even get a thank you for your email or automatic, you know, email response from him. And that's that's unacceptable for you to be in that position for 18 years and for you to blatantly ignore your constituents that put you there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this, uh, we got to get into this one. Parents' rights. Um, I know this is one of, uh, one of your issues that you're running on as well. Um, you would like to ex uh, expand a little bit more on that? Well, we like to ignite, and when I say we, I'm talking about those that are in, currently in positions of power. There really is, and I heard, I'm going to repeat this in case he doesn't want this attention, but there really is no right and left. There's a top and there's a bottom, and there are a lot of mind games being played with the residents of Tennessee. There's a lot of culture wars that are being played with the residents, and while we're fighting each other, they're making themselves more wealthy. So uh, with rights of parents, a lot of parents don't know that your school board does not control your curriculum. So we get into these school board meetings and we're upset over something that's being taught. That's regulated at the Tennessee Department of Education. It's a state agency. And a lot of times I've looked at books that my son has you know brought home and i'm like this what well my goodness we don't have any control over what is taught in schools but then we have someone who oh there's culture wars let me say those scary words of crt which is an elective critical race theory is an elective that's taught at the graduate level not one school in montgomery county is teaching crt crt and black history are two different things. But because it's a culture war, if I say we're going to make people feel bad, certain people feel bad, then that stokes fears. And it's like, well, we don't want CRT in school. We don't want the gay agenda taught in Montgomery County schools. It's not being taught in Montgomery County schools. So parents just need more rights on what the curriculum is. I looked at my son's history book for his junior year. We had maybe three pages and it talked about the crisis of President Obama. And then you turn a couple of pages over and it talks about Trump's triumph. So just the wording of it, this is regulated by the State Department and you have parents that are not paying enough attention to what's going on. So there needs to be more diversity at the Department of Education so that everybody's story is told. Not to make anybody feel bad, but everybody's story needs to be told. Black history did not start with slavery. Uh, and a lot of times that's where it starts here with the curriculum in Tennessee. We can just do better. 
Yeah, so that's, that's why I'm very adamant about the rights of parents. And then I've heard parents say that they're not even allowed. That's not been my story because anytime I need to go to the school, I'm going to the school. I don't know if it's because I was part of the booster club, but I've never been denied access into the school. And parents said that they have been denied access to the school. So not, I mean, you know, it's more than one side to it of the story, but I'm like, that's not been my experience. Anytime I've needed from the time he was at Sango, if I needed to go drop something off, I wanted to eat lunch with him. I was never denied access to the school. So, <laughs> wait, hold on. Your son went to Sango? He did. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to say this before we get right back. I went to Sango. Oh, did you? I went to Sango when the school was brand new, the very first oh, year wow. it opened from third, fourth, and fifth grade. Those first three years, Sango was open. I was at that school. Wow. So I'm really, t- I'm 34 years old. So I'm pretty much, you know, so everything you're saying, like I went to Rossview Middle when it was brand new. Those first three years it was open. Then I went to Rossview High the second year it opened. So my whole, almost my whole um, educational you know, career was at new schools pretty much. Oh, man. Outside of St. B. St. B was the only school that wasn't new. So, but I just want to throw that out there because I ain't know. Yeah, that's, that's amazing how my, well, hopefully my son follows, like you said, you went to Austin P. So hopefully he follows since he went to Sango, you went to, you know, you went to Sango first and he went to Rossview Middle and now he's at Rossview High, but I would love for him to also follow and go to Austin P. That That's just my, my goal for him. Of course, it's his life. He can do what he wants to with it, but I hope he goes to Austin P. <laughs> yeah and uh if he decides to go tell him uh my major was marketing so okay you don't necessarily have to go to school for that but that was just my it, major right that's a good major to have it is especially if you're good in math if you're good in math you you'll be straight as a business major if you're not good at math i would say uh find something else because oh. <laughs> i think that's the aspect people think about marketing you don't you don't assume that 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 means you have to be good at math to do marketing. Uh, yeah, you don't have to be good at some math to do some marketing. I'll tell you that right, right. now. It's, it's more than just posting on social media and trying to you know attract people to you. Oh, no. If you get down to it, the real work, you'll find out it ain't as fun as you think it is. Wow. Yes, I do know because I've <laughs> done it. But it's fun though. It's it's a great um, it's a great major form. So if he ever wants to look into it, you know, he could check it out. Um, I only remember one professor that's still there when I was there. So I think everybody else pretty much no two professors. I don't know if they're still there now, but I know the other professors left on uh, to different schools. Okay. So so yeah, it is something just to throw out there, you know. Well, he's looking into, he thinks he wants to do computer science. He does, he excels in web design. So that's where it's at right there. That's where he needs to be. If he want anything with technology, that's where it's at. And the fact that, you know, computer science, you can literally graduate and get a job that day. If you have that, because you also gonna get the experience while you're in school. So I would definitely tell him to go for that. You know, and I know you said that. <laughs> And, you know, again, you know, uh, technology has played a part in, you know, our everyday lives, including education. Because right. now, you know, 
schools now just laptops you know they could do their um work on school and uh work online and stuff like that and then now they don't have an excuse not to turn in that work as it used to be you used to hear that old saying oh the dog ate my homework right oh, no, you, <laughs> you can't say even, the dog ate your computer right <laughs> no you can't it's like you got this computer we gave it to you we know we gave it to you you know you could have did that work right but you know that's the that's the thing about uh with that, you know, a lot of parents, a lot of parents are not, like you said, are not really involved in their child's education. Because, like, even now, my daughter's in the third grade, and she's uh, bringing us math homework, and we have no idea, like, what, what are they doing? What are they trying to prove? It's that new math, man. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm, what happened to just basic math on this level? You know, what we've been taught to where when they come home and bring in their homework, we can help them with their homework with no problem, but they come home with the homework, we don't know what they're being taught and we can't help them. So how is that fair to the child and fair for the parent who's trying to help their child, you know, get a, you know, a good grade on that homework assignment? Everything else is fine. Everything else is good. It's just math. And I, I'm a protest math now because I, <laughs> And that's the thing. My wife, she's not into math. I, I'm kind of like the math whiz out of us. Even I'm confused on how they teaching math because I'm like, this ain't critical thinking whatsoever. This is, <laughs> this is just, what we who y'all competing with? Technology? Because you can easily just go on the phone, get the answer on Google, and that's that. Like, but you got to you know, show the parents, send us some examples so we can. Dude, that's some, that's my only issue with that in terms on that level because I'm not my daughter ain't on your son's level yet when I get there I'm pretty sure it's gonna be a whole lot different so you know it's issues on every level just uh and now it's a lot easier to reach out to teachers too because they have Absolutely. the uh because I don't know how uh, your son communicates or how you communicate with teachers but I know um, our daughter's teachers on a uh, class dojo. So we okay. can easily message her, you know, stuff like that. So, so yeah, if you have any issues, man, it's, you know, get right, right involved in your kid's education. Any concerns, you know, speak up. You know, you can address their concerns and maybe you can make a difference, you know, make a change. Absolutely. And third grade is, is challenging. People don't realize how, how challenging third grade is. I remember we had a parent-teacher conference um, because I, it made it seem like we were the only ones struggling with when they brought all the parents in, you know, to the cafeteria because it was so many of us that were just frustrated because it was taking these kids, you know, two hours. And then the, one of the teachers was like, well, it was never intended for you for it to take you, you guys two hours for you to do homework. It's like, what you're sending this stuff home. These kids, this is, I can't help them. I'm not a, you know, mathematician. I didn't major in math. I'm a criminal justice major. So at least give me the tools so I can try to help him, you know, with his homework. But yeah, third grade is tough. And I don't think enough people will share the stories of, of how challenging third grade can be for kids. Especially now. I don't know if you heard that um, they won't even pass your third grader if they don't. Um, was it reading? If they're not reading it's, on yeah, that if level? If they don't pass the test, they, they won't go to the next grade. Yeah, I've heard that. 
which is crazy because I'm like, so this kid can grades could be A's and B's all year round. Yeah. But if they don't have again, I'm okay. This goes into what I'm about to say. I don't know if you're gonna agree with me or not. <laughs> I have always been against standardized testing. Same for me. You know, um, I don't know if your son went through this, but when I was in high school, we had the uh, gateway test, which was um, biology, English two, and algebra, algebra one. And you had to pass all three tests in order to graduate high school. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, well, what if these people are not great test takers? You know, have y'all factored that in? And then when I realized, I found out real quick that the way they score this stuff is not how like a regular teacher will score it. So like if you usually get like a 70 or 75 on like a test, if you were to take those tests, you would have got like an 80 or 85. The the grading scale is a whole lot different than what you'll take on any other tests, you know, during school. But, you know, of course, you have some people who didn't pass it, but if you ask them a question, they will get it. It's just, they're not great test takers, you know? And what does it really prove? I mean, is it, is this for the teacher to see if they're doing their job and teaching the students or is this for the student to see if they truly understand um, what they're learning? Most likely they're not going to use it in life anyway, but are they truly understanding um, the uh, curriculum in front of them? Yes. All of the above. And when I attended Tennessee Law Enforcement Training Academy in 2013, we had, I'd never seen test anxiety that bad before, where she would literally be shaking. She knew the material, but she just had, she was out of Sullivan County. She just had very, very bad test anxiety. And we elected, when my son did virtual school, his sophomore year for Rossview, not to do the end of testing even though teachers were telling us it was mandatory. It's like, well, he's been home for a year. So his first time going back to school is not going to be to take a test. So he did not take end of testing for his 10th grade year. And there were parents that were, you know, I was like, just that's not fair to him with everything that's happened for him to go back to school and have to take a test. That's, the, that's your first, you, you've been home all this time. So we elected for him. Um, even though they say Tennessee does not have an opt-out program, I said, well, he's not taking it. And it was the best decision we made because he, he struggles sometimes with test anxiety. So I think they, if you have a good memory, you might do well on it, but it's just, it's very, it's an unfair assessment, assessment um, yeah. for kids to have to take these tests. Yeah. I've, I'm and always... for teachers to be punished if they don't do well, then the teacher can be punished. That's not, you know. Not which fair. is already they already um under a lot of pressure anyway with the amount of students they got to teach so if what a few students don't do so well you're gonna leave that up to the teacher like it's already hard for them to keep up with the ones they got you know it's all and now with the teacher shortage you know they trying to figure out new ways to hire more teachers because you got more teachers leaving than they're coming in right so it's like Something got to give. Something you, definitely has to give. I know you probably heard, like, there's some um, school districts out there that's going to a four-day uh, school week. I've, I've been reading that. So it's like, 
maybe because they really what they're focused on is keeping the teachers mm-hmm. right and you know they could do like four days and you know, maybe that fifth day is virtual you know something like that you know it's something that you know everybody should look into you know what i mean if you already having these issues you know we got the bus driver shortage teacher shortage you know now you got all these um stipulations when it comes to the curriculums and all that stuff it's too much you know it's, it's too much and there's a reason why you can't keep teachers. You know, they're leaving the profession. You know, they're highly stressed and underpaid. Um, you have uh, you have kids who are not truly learning or understanding what they're uh, being taught. Uh, and it's, it's something that, you know, somebody could come in, maybe they could change that. But I think you have to come from that background to truly understand, you know, hey, these are the different times now and we got to switch something up, you know, so. Well, the state of Florida, they have decided that if you are a veteran honorably discharged that you can teach school. And I'm like, most of my friends are veterans. I don't know that they want to be in the classroom, you know, because of different triggers. Not that Mm -hmm. all veterans have triggers, but I'm like, you're opening up a can of worms that you can't put it back in the can once you open it up. So, yeah, I think that's a lot of stress, regardless if you're a veteran or not. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of stress when you have like 35, 40 kids in the classroom and you got to control off 40 of them, you know, keep their undivided attention and try to teach them, you know. So it's it's something hopefully, you know, in this country, they'll figure it out. You got some school districts that are ahead of the game. Some are just like. Uh, oh, well, we really don't care. Just you know, well, send them through. Send the them thing through is they're and... trying to fund public schools. So they're, 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 be, they're being very intentional about what they're doing. So for, for the state of Florida, if you, not, you don't have to have a degree. You can just be a veteran and you can be a teacher. Like, wait a minute. What, like, what is your specialty? Are, are you physical education? I mean, what are you, math, science, history? What are you teaching these kids? You you can't lower the standard because you don't have teachers. Like we got to figure out what is the disconnect, why people are leaving the profession and what we can do to recruit more teachers, uh, more people that want to teach. Yeah. I think they're doing the same kind of the same thing in our district. I think it's like a, a program that you can go through. Oh, that's an excellent program. Grow yeah. our own is what it's called. Yeah. So you know, whatever you can, you know, to help these teachers out, you know, bring more in, you know, go for it. And it will also benefit the students, too. Right. You know, so, uh, again, common sense, you know, you <laughs> see a problem, you see a problem, fix the problem. It should be no argument. Right. right. That's the way I see it. I agree. Um, we, we need to do what's best for everybody. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And and let's do away with the new math. Let's go back to the old ways. So the parents <laughs> well, can't I don't help. know what's gonna happen. Because <laughs> I swear to you now, I will go to Google real quick and I'm or you know, some to I'm, I'm telling we'll you right now. Try the Khan Academy too. The Khan Academy is pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, I heard about them. Yeah. Yeah. I know they've been around for uh, a minute. So they, and they grew they grew a whole a whole lot since their partnership with the NBA. So right. So yeah, I might need to look into that and you know, say, hey, help help me help her. 
Right. And then she could teach me something in the process because I'm not, this ain't what we, and me and my wife had that discussion too many times. We didn't learn this. It was simple back in the, I guess it was simple times, I guess, you know. Right. But uh, before we go, um, I just want to ask you, do you remember the first time we met? I think it was at Veterans Plaza, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Because you did the graphics for for Mr. Shakinab, now council person, uh, Shakinab's. Um, uh-huh. Yes. Yep, that's when he was uh, running. And uh, I met you there. And I remember when he first announced he was running. And uh, he called me up before he even made the announcement or he even, even considered it. I was like, hey, listen, you want to do this? I'm all in. And uh, that was the first time ever working on a campaign. Oh, wow. You did an excellent job on, on the graphics you did. Appreciate it. It was yeah. just a uh, markup. Um, he pretty much gave me the idea. I just had to put it together and uh, just do the layout. And, you know, luckily, you know, the they uh, fixed it up so nice for him, you know, because it turned out great. It turned out great. You know, um, it was six people running for that ward at that time and it was basically it was a two-person race let's just right. be honest it was just really a right. two-person race and um <laughs> but you know since then of they uh rezone the wards it's kind of funny though because where he stay at and where i stay at rossby road is the like the middle ground so when they rezone uh, everything they put pretty much all of rossview in ward 11 because where I'm at, I'm in Basham Estates. It's Ward 10. Where he's at, is it was Ward 12. So wow. all I have to do, literally all I have to do is walk across the street. And I'm in his ward, literally. And now they rezoned everything to where all of us is in one ward. And, um, but, you know, he he's on the council now. And... uh. So I'm really happy for that. Um, hey, look, I know it's a tough job being on that, on the city council, but you know, there to make a difference, man, you know, just, uh, you know, do just continue to do what's right for the people of Clarksville. You know, that's right. all we ask, you know, right. and all of that. But um, we're coming to the end of the episode and usually I like to give my guests the last word. So, uh, Miss Monica Meeks, uh, the floor is yours. Well, thank you again, Darius, for this opportunity. I really, really appreciate being on this podcast. And I would say to the constituents of 68, you deserve a House of Representative that will respond to your emails, that will respond to your calls, that will not ignore you. I work for you. It's not the other way around. This is a, a servant. If you're a politician, it's not about the lobbyists. It's not about your political action committees. It's about making District 68 the best district that we can make. So I'm asking for you to give me a chance. This is a two-year term. No one is good enough to where they should go in uncontested, unopposed races. He's been in that seat for 18 years. What has he done to make your life better? Give me a chance. I'm already in the streets. I've spoken at the city council. 
meetings. I've spoken at the county commissioner meetings. I've spoken at the school board meetings. This is bigger than politics for me. I'm an independent and I hope I can count on your support to vote for me. November 8th, Monica Meeks as an independent for the Tennessee House of Representatives, District 68. Definitely. And if they have any questions, how can they reach? Yes. If you have any questions, reach out at vote for Meeks at gmail.com. Definitely. So y'all take full advantage of it and she definitely will respond to your emails. So, um, you know, take full advantage of it. You know, uh, she just telling you to go out there and vote. She definitely wants your vote, but she's not. She definitely telling you to go out there and vote, you know, uh, make a difference with your uh, with your uh, votes and, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, uh, wish you the best of luck during Thank the race. You. Um, Thank you. I do know early, like I said, early election is, I think it's mid-October, if I'm not mistaken. I, I couldn't find it. I was trying to look for it because I, I wanted them to know what it is. I want to say it's the, the last two weeks of October is early voting. Yeah, that's how it usually is, the last, yeah. around that last two weeks. So I think around October, I want to say around October 16th, maybe, somewhere around that time. I'm pretty sure. It was in my brain. Right. And then I, I know when the actual election is November 8th, <laughs> November 8th. So definitely go out there and vote. Um, and once again, um, make sure y'all follow drinking at the dark podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, make sure y'all like, and subscribe to drinking at the dark podcast, YouTube channel. If you want to sponsor drinking at the dark podcast, please, uh, DM, uh, me at, uh, drinking at the dark podcast, Facebook page or Instagram page. Also, if you want to be a guest, same thing, uh, go to Facebook, Instagram, send a DM, and you know, bring you on. Uh, once again, uh, Miss Monica Meeks, uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Likewise. This is, this is Darius from Drinking Out the Dark Podcast, and we out. Peace. Gotta get to the money. Gotta get to the money. Uh-huh. Early morning, so you know that I'm on Get to the money, get to the money, uh-huh.